This episode was taped before the stay-at-home order that many of us are still currently enduring. If you have returned to work or life as usual, please stay safe, healthy, and aware of your surroundings. To those who are still at home, take this time to continue learning and growing. I love you, I support you, and I'm praying that you're okay. Welcome to the Boss Babe Life Hacks podcast. I'm Farah Lawless. I'm a speaker, writer, and serial entrepreneur. My passion is seeing women succeed in all areas of their life. And that's what I'm here to do with you today. On this podcast, I share stories of my own success, as well as interview women from all over the world who are making their mark in business. These women are CEOs, founders, mompreneurs, and globetrotters who are sharing their secrets with you. Take note as we dive in to some essential life hacks that will help you on your way to the top. You go, girl. Hey, what's up? Thanks for tuning in to Boss Babe Life Hacks, the podcast. I'm your host, Farrah Lawless, and I'm here with Ms. Falasha Day. We're going to be talking on the topic, gaining control of your finances to achieve success. Now, I want to give a little bit of an introduction of who this woman is because she is truly the definition of a boss babe, okay? She is the CEO of Maryland and Washington, D.C.-based Suncrest Financial Services. In addition to leading her company, she's also a small business strategist, a consultant, and the host of The Money Zone on Ripped Radio. So make sure you check that out. Um, she balances her in-demand career with her role as a wife and mother to a busy family. Falasha Day has had to show a tremendous amount of grit and determination to achieve her current life. Um, she was raised in a very different circumstance in Washington, D.C., uh, where she experienced eviction, hunger, and homelessness while growing up. And it's incredible how she has overcome, you know, the things that she went through as a young woman and has completely turned that around, is completely bossing it up. And she's here to talk to us today on this amazing topic. Falasha Day, what's up, girl? Farah, thank you for having me. Hey, boss babes, how are you? Girl, yes, we ha- we couldn't be boss babe life hacks without having you on here <laughs> thank you fair i really appreciate it i'm happy to be here definitely so girl let's hop right into this conversation we're talking about gaining control of your finances to achieve success now before we really go in i want to know how did you find yourself in the financial world um kind of getting your start in there and where you are today take us through that journey Okay, so Fira, I'm a second generation accountant. Um, so my father um, is also an accountant. He's kind of like my competition here in Maryland. Um, wow. Yes, and it's so funny. So around uh, around the age 14, that's when my mom ended up getting um, losing her government job, and then that's when like life kind of hit me hit first. Um, but what was amazing is that during that time, I was interning with my dad over the summer, doing like my summer part time job. And that's when he exposed me to the accounting industry. But what triggered it wasn't until like two years later, Farrah, when I was like, you know what, Dad? What do you really do? Because all I hear people getting refunds and everything else. He was like, Shadi, that's just what people want to focus on. But accountants in his African voice, he said, accountants run the world. We control the money. (laughs) 
Yeah, he was like, we're like the big CEOs, the CFOs of all of the major companies. So I just started to do significant research and I realized he was right. Oh my gosh. Okay, so all these people have like CPAs, CFOs, they're accountants like me. And then that just drove me, okay, you know what? I want to be an accountant, but I need to now figure out how am I going to incorporate that into my community? Because in the African-American community, especially in my community, underserved ones, um, none of us knew about businesses. I was probably like, me and my other girlfriend, both our fathers were uh, entrepreneurs. But outside of the two of us, there were no business owners. There were no type of um, uh, money retention um, instruments incorporated in our communities. We didn't have anything, no hair salons, nothing. And so at that wow. point, Farrah, I said, you know what? If I'm going to do this accounting thing, I'm going to go grab the knowledge and bring it back to my community. And so from age 16, I just started to eat, sleep and breathe accounting. Um, and I just started to go head first into it. So that's kind of like how I got started. Wow, that's incredible. It sounds like you kind of just took life by the horns and was like, all right, let's get it. Well, yeah, I had to grow up fast. So while like everybody else was, you know, enjoying life, running the street to 16, I was taking care of my mom at that time. Wow. Um, so I had to be the guardian um, at the age of 16 for my family. And mm. so my responsibilities and my lifestyle was just a bit different. Wow. Wow. So financial success is, it's really something that we all want. We all, um, at, there's a saying that everybody want to be famous, but nobody want to put the work in. And right. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's the same when it comes to financial success. So can you tell us from a very realistic standpoint, as someone who not only deals with your own finances, but other people's and businesses and all of that, what are some, just, just the, the, the starting point, what are some ways that we can genuinely obtain financial success? Well, you know what? This is an amazing question. Um, well, the first step, we have to make more money than what we're spending. Automatically. Now, uh, say that again. Yeah. So, look, I'll repeat it now. We have to <laughs> more money than what we're actually spending every month. And so that's kind of like the basis of financial freedom. And we get into that point. And so this is why we always start with that budgeting thing. You know, everybody hate budgeting. But this is why we start with the budgeting so you can know what's coming in and what's going out. And just by doing that first core budget and knowing whether or not your, your business or your household brings in enough money, it allows you to now say, you know what? Hey wife, you know what? You may have to get another job. Okay. You know what? Hey husband, you may have to go get another job. Okay. You know what? We may have to cut back that car. No. Okay. We may have to evaluate our um, insurance uh, policies or our insurance provider. So the moment that we want accept the reality that one, we have to make more money than what we spend, that will allow us to remain focused and say, okay, you know what? Are we bringing enough money? Is this job cutting it? Is this business cutting it? And I think that's kind of like the first step there is just that realization that we have to make more money than we spend. Right. It's kind of like having to take a realistic look at everything like, okay, what's really benefiting me here and what's just kind of a waste of time. Exactly. Hmm. So what are some of the most common wasteful spending habits that you come in contact with and how can we change those? Mm. So one of the common spending habits is lifestyle, um, especially with women. We're talking about from our hair, our nails, our feet, um, our brunch dates, our, um, 
happy hours. Um, so from a woman perspective, I think it's just maintaining her overall lifestyle. That lifestyle alone costs an average woman between twenty and $30,000 a year. Yeah. Um, that's from her hair, her makeup, her Sephora, the works, okay? So I think to be really honest with you, we have to ask ourselves, why are we indulging in so many of those things anyway? Do are, are, are we purchasing the wigs because it makes us feel good or that this is part of the brand or we're just doing it because it's part of the in crowd? I think once we uh, look at what our spending patterns are, that will allow us to see, okay, is our lifestyle beyond where we are in terms of our income? And remember, your lifestyle shouldn't exceed no more than 10% of your overall income. But that's not the case, Farrah. Most women lifestyles between 30 and 40% of their annual wow. So I believe by us first accepting that, okay, you know what? I may not be able to go to brunch with you every weekend, girlfriend. Well, accepting number one, which we talked about, was that we have to make more money than what we bring in. And then number two, we have to now slash those unnecessary expenses and really get to the core as to why we're spending it. And what I found in women is that we're spending stuff to compensate for other areas. So I have, I've had a client that goes to happy hour every weekend and go to nightclubs every weekend. And what I found was her husband was never home. So instead of her staying home to occupy herself and to save money, she went out just like he did. So it ended up causing a bit more friction in their household, but then also a costly lifestyle as well. That's a good point to kind of put a pin in it for a second, because sometimes we have these spending habits that, like you said, we don't really, it's like, it's some, it's, there's some underlying reason. It's mm-hmm. something psychological that we're we're trying to appease, but we don't even really see. Yep. So we have to look in the mirror, Farrah, and ask ourselves, why? Why are we buying this? Why are mm-hmm. we doing this? Why? What is the need for this? What purpose does this does this bring this to? What purpose does this expense bring to my life? Wow. Now, girl, you're killing me because as you're talking, I'm thinking about all the stuff I could cut out. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> If I if I cut it all out, I would be a rich woman today. <laughs> us, right? right. I'm sitting here with like, oh my nails, oh my gosh, and this and that going down the list. But you're you're absolutely right though. I mean, sometimes you gotta discipline yourself if you really wanna see, you know, the financial success come to you. I won't say faster, but just just really see that manifest because it, it's it is 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 just wasteful spending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just did an interview on my um, podcast, right, with um, Instagram's top social media influencer, Instagram's top financial advisor, Rashad Bilal. And he basically um, stated today that same thing, that that discipline and balance is required. And I think that's one of the things, if we do want to get financial freedom, we have to understand that it requires discipline. Like we won't be able to party every weekend. Actually, what are we celebrating? You know what I mean? Like, what are we celebrating? Like, Sarah, what, what are you celebrating, Sarah? <laughs> um, and so I, I really believe that that discipline and stuff and that balance and everything that that look in a mirror is required for us to get to that level of success and to be financially free. Yeah. And so we won't be uh, controlled by our vices, basically. In last week's episode, we actually talked about um, being able to stay focused on what matters, like what's in front of you and not allowing other distractions to kind of 
you know, take that away from you. And I think it's the same with spending. When you set a goal and when you have a plan, you can focus on, okay, no, I'm saving because I want to create this generational wealth, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Or I'm saving because I want to take this amazing vacation for my marriage anniversary, or I'm saving for my children's college education or whatever the case may be. But when you put a label on something or when you put a time on something, I think it helps to stay focused instead of just making money, living paycheck to paycheck, not really, you know, designating it for something. It's going to go away. You know, it's going to be spent before you got it, before you get it on frivolous things, or it can be spent before you get it on meaningful things. Yeah. And I think once we once we change our perspective and really look at it like that, um, I think we'll do a whole lot better. You know, I'm I'm I can attest to that. You know, I've had times where I'm I'm putting up money and I'm like, no, I'm saving for this specific thing over here. And I saw the difference in, you know, not wanting to dip into that savings account, not wanting to borrow, you know, people ask for money. No, I don't have it, you know, <laughs> because it's saved. I have it, but I don't have it. It's already right. spent, you know. And I've seen the difference in that when you label your money versus when you don't it's just coming and going because there's no purpose for it i like that and that you know that's where that concept they they ramsey came up with that concept of the envelope method yes so i want to go ahead and go there now let's talk about generational wealth mm-hmm. i think a lot of the um posts that i've been coming across on instagram you know you have all these young people millennials i'll say like they're my generation who are starting businesses and doing all of these things. Um, But when they talk about generational wealth, they're talking about having mansions and cars and this lavish lifestyle. And I think that generational wealth is much more than that. So coming from a perspective of financial consultant, I'm really interested to know what comes to mind when you think of generational wealth. Mm, several things instantly and I'm just going to run them off from you not having to worry about if you have enough money to cover your bills for two to three years at a time span um being able to transfer assets okay yes uh-huh and then being able to be in control over your time and designate your time so those are the three things um, when it comes to me, that makes me really think that this is, you're, you're financially free when you get to that point. Wow. 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 I think a lot of people miss that. Like I said, especially my generation. And you know what I think happened with my generation? I think we came from our parents who we saw had to work so hard and had to struggle and all these different things. We wanted things growing up that we couldn't have. We had roofs over our heads, many of us, you know, bills were paid, stomachs were fed, but we didn't have those extra things, the nice cars, the nice houses and all of that. So I think we're chasing after that because that is our idea based on what the media has told us. That's our idea of, of so-called wealth. But what you just said right there, no one, I'm not going to say no one, but very, it's very rare that that is taught to have, like you said, assets and, and having enough to pay up years of your bills, not having to worry about things like that, having that passive income, being able to just sit on a, a large cushion mm-hmm. and not be worried about that. It's more than just, because I mean, if you really think about it, you make all this money just to go buy a mansion. Now the money's in the mansion and what are you going to do? You don't, exactly. How are you going to pay the lights? 
how you gonna pay how you gonna pay your gas bill how you gonna keep up your hoa fees you know mm-hmm. you got all these other things so i think this is this is important that we we're we taught this so you know the way that i look at it too is that all of those purchases are not an asset until they're paid off yes absolutely. and then also when it comes down to the cars we know that those are depreciable assets or whatever right but in the end once you end up paying for it you putting in more cash than what you will ever be able to get out of it so wow. in the end we have to ask ourselves okay so are we you know going to prevent our generations well prevent our legacy from having twenty thousand dollars uh to be able to better invest or to start a business or are we going to constantly keep buying vehicles that when we die we pass over to have no value um, so we just have to kind of put things in perspective and just ask us, what do we really want? Do we want to pass over cars or we want to pass over bank accounts and assets? Wow, absolutely. Now, I want you to talk a little bit with us um, about business because some people want to own a business and, you know, that to them is their key to leaving that generational wealth behind. But what are some common mistakes that you find people make when trying to start a business? And, you know, maybe it's, taking out more than it's bringing in, or they have to, um, you know, file bankruptcy. What are some things to avoid when starting a business in order to leave that generational wealth? Mm, Farrah, you know, I'm loving you. You know that. <laughs> look, so I'm, this is a question, well, the way that I'm going to position this answer is because I'm passionate about it. One, entrepreneurs are screwing themselves over, fair because they're not doing the accounting part and knowing the numbers. Mm. So we cannot utilize entrepreneurship as our gateway to financial freedom if we're not looking at the numbers that encompasses financial i mean in entrepreneurship so for example if we were to start our business today you need to know how much it's going to take to manage that business and how much money you need to bring in to cover your expenses like we need to know the core numbers but what i'm finding fair is that they don't know the numbers they don't. And like I did a 15 day challenge. We're on day 13 today, right? Do you know out of the hundred and something people, women that registered, right? Think about this. They say that the cycle of small business failure rate is what, like 90% and they were, tr- they were right, right on target. So a hundred, a hundred and so people registered for the tra- challenge fair. So that you needed to join a Facebook group. Guess how many joined a Facebook group? 40. 40 wow. joined Facebook group. So that means 60% of everybody that registered did not even do step one. My goodness. Step two was to start your affirmations. I was trying to build their business acumen. Girl, did you know after day one, about 30 people were left? Wow. They didn't drop out of the group. They just, they basically quit on themselves. My so goodness. I'm just, I'm leading with that simply because without the note numbers, and the discipline and the grit. Entrepreneurship is not going to be the gateway to financial freedom for a lot of people. Entrepreneurship is going to be their gateway to bankruptcy and suicide and, and divorces if they don't know the numbers. Hmm. My goodness. This is some good information. And you know what? You have done such a tremendous work. Um, I was reading a little bit about you um, you know, before we had the opportunity to meet and all that. And I found out that you've um, helped other entrepreneurs and small business owners, just like yourself, save $25 million in lost revenue, tax assessments, penalties, and interest. And I'm just like in awe of 
you know, I'm really amazed at how amazing you are just in general, because not only do you genuinely know your stuff, but I like to imagine you're helping a lot of people in our community. Yes. And it comes with a pricey tag too. So let me give you an example. Um, one of my clients, I he found me in 2016. Um, him and his wife didn't file their taxes, were backed up. Um, come to find out when I initially did her taxes, they were going to owe about $75,000. So I said, hey, go get me this, go get me this, complete this worksheet out for me, this, 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 this. All right, if you guys can complete this, depending on the outcome of this situation, you may end up getting a refund. Holy cow, Felicia, are you serious? Are you serious? I said, yes. So they go and did the work, and guess what? I was right. They ended up getting like $3,300 back in tax refunds. That was sixteen. And so they signed up with me for to do bookkeeping and everything else. So fast forward three years up until today, this client and I are now having conflict simply because he didn't incorporate the numbers fair. So he hired me as his, as his accountant. I constantly stayed on his tail, constantly did my work. But if they don't use the numbers or, or incorporate it, it's useless. So now, guess what? This client is struggling financially simply because he didn't utilize me and the resources that were available to him. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying all of this is because regardless if I save you $75,000 or whatnot, right? Which, you know, I think we're even more than 25 million. I think it's like maybe a hundred million dollars. I have to go back and look at the numbers now. Yeah. It's much higher than that. Um, Cause I just recently saved another client $178,000 in May and then another client. So it's a lot. Yes, um, girl. <laughs> but with this particular client, I can save him from losing his business fair. He's actually on the brink of losing his business simply because he didn't look at the numbers. He didn't hone into a sales process like I told him. When I said the numbers weren't looking right, he just looked at me like I was crazy. So I think to be really honest with you, to kind of simplify this and to quote out this question, is that for us to really get to that level, especially in our community, we have to face that mad fear that they mm -hmm. put in us years and years ago. Like we have to start to love the numbers and start to love the money and love on our money and numbers like we do our spouses. And you know, sometimes I think we just get afraid and we like to run from things that we're afraid of. But if we had um, people like you in our communities, not only educating us, but encouraging us to embrace this information, I think that makes a difference. You know, I know some people here in my community who are passionate and are helping people financially, helping businesses, you know, supporting that. And it's, it's changing lives. I'll give you a perfect example. There's a gentleman here um, in Las Vegas who talks about um, life insurance. And before I ever heard him talk about life insurance, I thought, based on the stigma in, you know, sorry, whoever's listening, I don't know what race, color, or creed you are, but you know it's true. In the Black community, people have always acted as if life insurance was something that we don't need. So growing up, that was something that I always thought. And I, I listened to this black man in Las Vegas talk about life insurance and gave me a totally different perspective to the point now I believe so much in life insurance. Me and my husband are, are helping people, families get signed up and changing their lives. Wow. Because of the, the the, just the simply the change of perspective. Not only do we have it, but we're advocates now that we want other people to have it because we see the blessing in it. So just, just by being educated, my dad always says, you pay for what you don't know. 
Mm. That could be paying for it in time. That could be paying for it in education. That could be paying for it financially. You pay for what you don't know. When you are ignorant in a specific area, you've got to pay one way or another. So I think by educating ourselves, by um, learning more, by connecting with amazing individuals such as yourself to learn that is when we can finally gain control of our finances finances in order to achieve the success that we've been wanting to achieve all along yes no you said it embracing it and accepting the reality so look fair you know this challenge i told you i'm putting on so one of the guys in the challenge he was like you know flush today i haven't even checked my bank balance in months wow. he said i to confirm that transactions will be withdrawn but when the rep asked me for do i want my know my do i want to know my balance he said he avoided it he said he also do the same thing when he go inside of the bank so from this challenge alone he's been basically able to face it head on and he said he feels so much better you know it's like a devil it's like the devil lurking on your back the longer and longer we run away from our financial problems see god don't believe in financial strife god believe in abundance but he also believe in us knowing our numbers. I don't know if your audience is spiritual. You are fair. So I apologize. Definitely. I am. I definitely am. Okay. So Luke 14 basically said, you're going to build a house. You need to know the numbers. If you're going to start a family, you need to know how much it's going to cost you fair. If we <laughs> our businesses, right, we need to know how much it's going to cost us. And I think in the African-American community, we're lacking that. We're not knowing the cost of what this investment is going to save us or what it's going to bring. And like you said, the insurance, we think in it's, one of my cousins just got killed the other day um, oh and no help, no life insurance, no oh life insurance, no life insurance. Mm. And so now guess what? They have to do or ask me for the coins. You, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, <laughs> hey, and we know you got it. <laughs> but you know, you can't give it all though, because this is, that's right. You cannot do it. Like God doesn't want you to just always give it like that. They have that's to. That's right. So I will, what I would do is give them something, but also start a policy or something for the other brothers that possibly wow. could be in that situation. So that's what I would end up doing. So it's kind of up to us to spend those things. Like instead of us contributing to their demise, let's make an investment fund for them. Or Say for that. Them, you know what I mean? And I think that's what we have to start doing. Going back old school. Because I remember back in the day, I'd say, oh no, baby girl, I'll hold this dollar for you. If you go to the, you know, if you go to the, uh, mm -hmm. uh food truck or if you go to the store you'll have your dollar there so i think we may have to start doing that too <laughs> uh, holding things before that so the person won't screw it up until they get to that point to be able to utilize it you know what girl you the you you my girl <laughs> i love you i love talking to you i love what you do i love how you're helping people and changing lives um thank you for just being here and sharing all of that amazing information. Um, tell us how we can connect with you to learn more about you, um, your services, how we can work with you. Give us the whole rundown. Fair, I just want to say thank you um, for one, for having me again. And so no, you all can find me on all things social media. I'm Falasha Day. Falasha Day spelled F-O-L-A-S-A-D-E, the accountant on all social media. Okay. You can also go to my website, go to bit.ly forward slash philosophy leads and grab my 101 plus tax strategies um, that will save you some money by just implementing those strategies um, this, for this upcoming tax year. So no, yeah, fair. they can go there or you can give me a call in my office, 202-618-1297. I'm not going to pick up. My, my sister picked up my <laughs> But look, she can get you on my calendar now, y'all. Uh, but no, I, I enjoy this conversation. 
like this wasn't an interview for me like this was like absolutely the best very like oh the best thank you i feel the same way this was amazing and that's one of the things I love most about being able to sit down and interview other boss babes is that not only do we get to share information with our listeners, but we get to have genuine conversations, build lifelong friendships and, yes. and sisterhood even, and be able to continue pushing each other in our pursuit to really just leave something on this earth that outlives us from our businesses to our families, to our, our information and our skills that we've developed through life. So this is what I live for, girl. I absolutely love it. And I'm happy that you enjoyed yourself. That means a lot to me. I, I don't know if I love the talk or what, but yes, it was very <laughs> fun and down to earth. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, thank you so much again for being with me, girl. Thank you for tuning in to the Boss Babe Life Hacks podcast. Remember to leave a comment or review and give this episode a five-star rating. Let me know what you thought about today's topic and don't forget to share it with a friend because good friends don't let friends not hear good podcasts. Be sure to follow the podcast Instagram at Boss Babe Life Hacks and you can find me on the gram at Farrah Lawless. Special thanks to our sponsors and guests for being a part of this movement to inspire women like you. And major thanks to you, the listener, for keeping this podcast alive with your reviews, support, and for always coming back for more. You can further support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. Your monthly contribution can be as small as 99 cents per month that will make a big impact on the podcast. Just head over to our anchor page with the link in our Instagram bio and see how you can be a part today. Until next time, this is Farrah Lawless sending you mad love and signing off. You go, girl.